In her 1977 diary, Susan Sontag writes, Starting tomorrow, if not today. I will get up every morning, no later than eight. Can break this rule once a week. I will have lunch only with Roger. No, I don't go out for lunch. Can break this rule once every two weeks. I will write in the notebook every day. Model, Lichtenberg's Waste Books. I will tell people not to call in the morning or not answer the phone. I will try to confine my reading to the evening. I read too much as an escape from writing. I will answer letters once a week. Friday, I have to go to the hospital anyway. As summer looms with vast landscapes and possibilities of that elusive free time, this episode is devoted to making the most of it. Today, we're looking at routines. I'm Dr. Ryan Strait, Assistant Professor of Educational Technology at the University of Arizona, and this is The New Professor. this episode as I usually do. While my other half is getting ready for her daily commute, I'm laying up in bed, laptop on my lap, coffee mug resting on the mug warmer on the bedside table, and iHeartRadio playing the Starfucker radio channel. And don't let the name dissuade you from checking them out, they are phenomenal. One of the dogs, typically Chewy, inevitably lays on the bed next to me, shifting every few minutes to stay in the sunbeam that drifts across the comforter, while Minchie wakes and terrorizes Sophie. I spend a couple hours researching and writing, broken up by refilling my coffee and feeding the dogs and wishing my partner a good day. This is a pretty standard morning, regardless of whether a new episode of this little audio essay project is coming out. Get up, grab coffee, lay in bed with laptop, and read, write, grade, check email, prep for class, etc. This has become my routine. I did not intend for this to happen. It just did. It works for me. There's even an entire website devoted to sharing creative and productive people's morning routines called, unsurprisingly, mymorningroutine.com. And if you folks from the site are listening, I promise I'll get mine in soon. I've been been sitting on it for quite some time. Regardless, I suggest checking it out. You'll find folks like Lindsay Champion, a young adult author who wakes up at five to meditate and harness that pre-dawn creative energy to write before heading out to her day job at a digital media company in New York. You'll also find folks like L'Oreal Thompson Payton, a freelance writer, blogger, and Girl Scouts Director of External Affairs for Greater Chicago and Northwest Indiana. 
She vehemently avoids texts or emails first thing, but focuses on a bit of meditation, maybe some journaling, and a cup of joe. Then there's Ritu Morayan, Stanford-based CEO of Zoom, an app that supports care and transportation for families. Early on weekdays, say 5.30 or 6, she wakes up without an alarm clock, same here, and takes in her view of the San Francisco Bay, has breakfast with her children, and performs some Vipassana meditation, a mindfulness technique. Are you seeing a pattern yet? There are hundreds of these kinds of routine narratives on the site, and some striking similarities between many of them. They involve two specific things. Meditation, mindfulness, prayer, whatever you want to call it, and writing. Now, I've talked about morning pages before, and it's no surprise that... Now, I've talked about morning pages before, and it's no surprise that so many folks engage in something close to it even if it's not strictly adhering to the original format. Heck, even Hemingway did it more or less. Quote, When I am working on a book or a story, I write every morning as soon after first light as possible. There is no one to disturb you, and it is cool or cold, and you come to your work and warm as you write. You read what you have written, and, as you always stop when you know what is going to happen next, you go on from there. You write until you come to a place where you still have your juice and know what will happen next and you stop and try to live through until the next day when you hit it again. You have started at six in the morning, say, and may go on until noon or be through before that. When you stop, you are as empty and at the same time, never empty, but filling as when you have made love to someone you love. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can happen. Nothing means anything until the next day when you do it again. It is the wait until the next day that is hard to get through. A little while back, Mason Curry wrote a book called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work. In it, he identified self-identified daily routines of 161 artists, thinkers, and creatives. Everyone from Franz Kafka to Pablo Picasso to Charles Darwin. And I highly recommend it just to see how, well, intense some of the self-imposed routines are. I mean, Kafka got creative from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., and only slept from 6 to 9, and then again from 3 to 7 p.m. But given the work he produced, it seems almost worth trying, you know? On the opposite side, Mary Flannery O'Connor wrote from 9 a.m. to noon and spent the rest of her days either sleeping or on leisure activities. Haruka Murakami wakes at 4 a.m., and runs 10 kilometers or swims 1,500 meters each day he's actively writing. Stephen King starts around 8 a.m. with things set out exactly the same day to day and goes from there. To each their own, I suppose. Lifehacker once wrote, and Profhacker, where I am a sometimes but not lately because uh, there's so much to do writer, about the top 10 ways to upgrade your routine. 
specifically your mornings. You want to hazard a guess at number one? Well, it's essentially observing and identifying your quote, peak performance times. But how do you do that? The simple dollar has the answer, and it's pretty obvious, really. Data. Record everything. Change things up from time to time and be honest with yourself about how it impacts your day. Get up half an hour earlier for a week. Do some meditation or some writing. See how it strikes you. But keep a journal. Keep track. Analyze it. Now, we in higher education have a fairly easy time of it, more often than not, I think. And I recognize that my routine is a rather privileged routine, and that the only consistent expectations are self-imposed. When I do whatever I'm doing, it's for the most part up to me. Heck, I even devoted an entire episode to the wonders of working from home. And I'm not suggesting these kinds of changes or hacks are applicable or even possible for everyone. Only that if you find yourself struggling or feeling less productive or even less like yourself in the morning, whatever that may mean, give it a shot. Great things have small beginnings, after all. Now before I say, see you next time, I wanted to remind you that I have a newsletter. It goes out on off weeks when these don't. It's called Read, Watch, Woof, and in it I share a little piece of writing on an interesting topic, I promise. A video, also on something interesting or funny, again, I promise. And a picture of one of our dogs, all of which are almost painfully cute, I promise. There's a sign-up link in the show notes and also on my website, or you can just go to ryanstraight.com newsletter. Another bit of info that is relevant, the new professor will be taking the summer off, meaning season three huh, will begin in August. I know, I'm sorry, but it ain't called summer vacation for nothing. And as you probably know, I haven't been doing any interviews or anything beyond these, quote, audio essays. I don't really like to call it a podcast. But I'm planning on changing that for season three and having some folks on to talk with me. So if you'd be interested or know someone who would be, please let me know on Twitter at either my personal account at Ryan Strait or on this account at New Profcast. Alternatively, you can just contact me via the website. Thanks for listening. See you next time.